Welcome, this is the Sales IQ Podcast. My name is Luigi Prestonenzi, and I'm on a mission to help salespeople be the best sales professionals they can be. Each week, we'll bring you a different message from thought leaders from around the globe so we can help you master the art of selling. One of the things that 2020 brought us, apart from incredible challenges and obstacles not many of us planned for, I don't think anyone planned for, it changed the way in which we engaged with our buyers. It changed the way in which buyers engage with sellers. And video has become a dominant part of the sales process. If you're not on video, if you're not selling with video, you got to get yourself up to speed. And that's why I'm really happy about this week's episode because we've got somebody, um, Ravi, who has you know, helping, been helping organizations and helping sellers be the best they can be through presenting on video. And whether you like it or not, video is here to stay. I think, you know, what's coming out of the challenges of 220 as we move into 2021 is there's, there's, there are some things that are now embedded in what we, what we do as sales professionals. And video is one of them. Um, you know, I was fortunate before the pandemic that video was a big part of everything I did because selling internationally, I couldn't always jump on a plane. And so I had to do, you know, Zoom and Teams and, and some of those platforms. But what I didn't realize is that spending so much time on video, you can sometimes get a bit complacent. And just like face-to-face, just like when you're sitting across from a, a table from your prospect, complacency can be a killer. So I'm really excited to share this episode with you about some of the things that you can do to engage with your prospects on video to help you get the best bang for your buck. As always, continue to, to get yourself out there. Continue to prospect. You know, we're now in February. Time's going fast. I don't know if it's going faster because we're spending more time at home, but time is going absolutely fast. You're getting to the, the middle of February. Your pipeline should be really robust now and you should be quite active and engaging with prospects and being in control of your pipeline and control of the destiny that sits in front of you. This episode is brought to you by Vidyard, Vidyard, the online video tool for sales professionals. Vidyard makes it easy for sales teams to turn text-based emails into personal video messages and will help you engage with your prospects and create an incredible buying experience for them, which will ultimately help you reach your pipeline and revenue goals. So do yourself a favor, get to vidyard.com, sign up and start using video in your sales process. So enjoy today's episode. There's a lot of really good insight that Ravi's going to share and we'll be following up later this month with an incredible masterclass that Ravi will be running on how to use video to engage with your buyers and help them through the buying process. So enjoy the episode with Ravi. Welcome to the show, Ravi. What's up, man? How you doing? Yeah, good, brother. I'm uh, pretty pumped to talk to you today on a, a nice, you know what, it's going to be a nice day today. It's nice and early here in Australia. I know it's nice and late for you in the UK, mate. So uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast. All good, dude. We've been in contact for what about a year now? I think we've been in contact. So this is this is long <laughs> overdue, dude. This is long overdue. I know so you're, it's good you're a hard man to catch, man. You're a busy, busy man to catch. So thanks for taking some time to talk to us. 
No worries, no worries. So tell us, man, um, just before we get into the show and, and talk about, uh, you know, all things sales, um, how did you start in the world of sales? Man, you know, it's funny. For me, I actually didn't get my start as, you know, I'm actually in the speaking and presentation coaching space at the moment. I actually didn't get my start as a professional speaker or I wasn't born out of the womb wanting to be a sales leader. I actually got my start when I was around seven, eight or nine years old. I was actually, you know, the eight-year-old dude in dance school, the only boy in the school doing dance. I didn't want anybody to find out, dude, until... Kirsty Molyneux, I'll never forget her name. I'm pretty sure that was her surname. She outed me in front of the whole school in assembly one day. And I was like, man, I just want to quit. I was begging my mom to let me quit. And eventually she did. And it, I was about, must've been around 10, 11, 12 years old when I quit. And then I stumbled into acting as a teen. And a lot of people would always say, man, are you going to take this whole speaking, presenting, acting thing seriously? Yeah. And I was like, mm, nah. I want to go make some money. So <laughs> I ended up wanting to uh, go work in investment banking. So my route to there was business school and I ended up on the trading floor of Citigroup. And that's where I got my start in corporate sales. Yeah. I eventually left that world in 2016. And that's when I started doing TV over here in the UK, radio and sales leadership in early stage startups. And over time, Luigi, it, it was funny. I, don't, I wouldn't say it was this... Like I woke up one of those light bulb moments, but gradually it was like a pecking where I started to realize that it's not just about what you say, it's about how you say it, right? And that's why I think I'm focused so aggressively on my mission right now, which is helping leaders, executives, and teams speak with confidence yeah. and deliver impactful virtual presentations that generate influence and sales. Yeah, oh, and it's, in, it's such a, I think it's such, it's such a timely topic, right? Because... The yeah. world has gone virtual and it's basically gone virtual overnight. I mean, the the challenges of last year meant that we had to adapt, right? Um, and I think a lot of people still have, have not yet found the right rhythm in how they should be presenting online. And when we say presenting online, you know, like customer interactions or um, sales interactions are now pretty much 100% virtual, right? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's some of the stuff I want to talk to you about today is, you know, what are some of the best practices? What are some of the tips that salespeople should be following when having virtual meetings? Because I know you call it, you know, presentations, but ultimately when we're presenting to someone, when we're meeting with somebody online, yeah. there's an element of presentation, right? We've got to be engaging 100%. with them. We've got to be taking them on a bit of a journey. So. 100%. 100% man. I, you know what's funny? Here's my personal perspective on it. It's perspective rather on it is my truth. And it's that everybody, in my opinion, I don't care if you're in sales, customer services, onboarding, you're the CEO, you're looking for a job. You are a virtual presenter. You've yeah. gone from audience member to virtual presenting. Because the moment I go and I switch that camera on, whether we like it or not, people are judging us. Yeah, People are looking at our background, they're taking a look at our setup, and it's a form of invisible selling. 
Mm. It really truly is. You wouldn't walk into Ferrari expecting it not to be a certain way. You wouldn't walk yeah. into Apple expecting it not to be a certain way because they've primed you to have a certain feeling, emotion, and also a sense of understanding about who they are through their personal brand. So the moment you switch on your video, remember this right here, what I'm pointing out around me, if you're listening, is my, you know, the pictures behind me, mm. the microphone, the lighting. It is all a part of your personal brand. And I think there's two things you can do for less than 50 bucks, 50 US dollars, just to create a really professional look. Now, I don't recommend having one of these, okay? The microphone that I have, if you are you know, at an interview and you show up like this, they're like, what, what's that? am I gonna be on radio today? But I would say, suggest just having a lapel mic, yeah. One of those things that the TV presenters would use where you just have it attached to your to your uh, jacket or your shirt and it can cost like 15 bucks, 15, 20 bucks. And it's a really simple way to get your audio on point because people are now mm. getting really clued up around the PC mic versus effective audio. It really just gives you that 1% shift. And yeah. then the next thing I'm pointing out right now is my ring light. Now, most people think ring lights are for the Instagram makeup <laughs> artists and the YouTube peeps, right? Yeah. But that's not, that's, that's far from the truth that this cost me 12 pounds sterling. And honestly, the, look at, look at this Luigi, right? Look, this is me without it. It's way darker. Yep. It just makes, it makes a really, really subtle impact, but it says a lot about, look, I, I feel brighter now, mm. right? And when the spotlights are on you, it's a stage, right? Everything is a stage, especially in the virtual world. So I say that's two things, man. And a really quick tip around how to carry yourself off. One of the first things you need to think about as well is if I put my hand out now, Luigi, right? And I touch my laptop or my uh, computer screen, I'm an arm's length away, but that's where you should be. But imagine the people that are all the way over here, yeah, They're yeah, all the way over yeah. here. Um, Luigi, imagine this. I'm talking to you right now. You feel like leaning in, yep. right? Because you're like, hey, Rav, you're all the way over there. <laughs> and if I'm up here, all the way up here, like how many present, uh, presenters do you yeah. see do this at the beginning <laughs> of the pandemic? You're like, bro, I can see your nose hair, right? So <laughs> you, you want to be at a level where you're not invading somebody's virtual privacy because the last thing you want to do is trigger a fight or flight response, mm. right? Imagine you're out in a bar and somebody stumbles into you by mistake and they're that close to you, what happens? The amygdala triggers. You don't want that in a virtual uh, environment rather. So yeah. it's really important to respect somebody's virtual space. So there's a few things, man, to get people going. Yeah, it's really interesting that you talk about. I've actually never broken it down like that, Ravi. Um, obviously, you know, when things started for me uh, last year, um, I had already been doing a lot of virtual meetings. You know, Zoom was was not something that was was new to me, um, or Teams or any of those platforms. So I was quite fortunate, but it did make me stop and really think about, you know, how am I engaging with my audience? Um, you know, from your perspective, what are some of the challenges apart from what we just covered? What are some of the challenges that you see salespeople experiencing when trying to sell virtually? It's funny. I think one of the big things is Zoom gloom and Zoom fatigue. So yeah. what will happen is, is the person who's at the end of their day, the prospect who they're having a discovery call with in the eighth hour of their day gets Luigi 1.0. Mm. And the person at the beginning gets Luigi 2.0. Now, I think one of the things that you really need to think about is something I actually teach inside of my boot camp is a solid pre presentation or pre-call routine. Mm. 
Yeah. Now you need to find something which cultivates that magnetic energy. And if you're wondering what I'm talking about, Luigi, how many times you've been to a party before COVID, right? Before COVID, <laughs> where you're in person and somebody's like, oh my gosh, you've got to meet Luigi. Luigi, come here. I want you to meet, I want you to meet Tanya. Tanya, Luigi does this. And they're like, oh my God. And everybody is really vibing off your energy yeah. and you feel invincible. You feel like, oh my God, this yeah. is amazing. You don't need a drop of drink, nothing, because you're high on life. Now, that right there is the energy you want to cultivate before you hop onto a Zoom call because I'm transferring energy to the lens and through to you. You can feel my energy right mm. now. And otherwise, you'll be able to feel my energy right now. <laughs> it's, it's really stark contrast. So I think yeah. that's one thing you can think about. And the second thing is, is you really need to think about how the mind works in the current world today where people are used to what people are used to um the, the voice like this they're, yeah. they're used to people speaking like this but think about intonation the rise and fall of your voice to create pattern interruptions mm. pattern interruptions are key because the currency is somebody's attention if yeah. the salespeople have somebody's attention, they can convert it into connection and then they have the permission to teach the prospect something they didn't know about their big problem that they're trying to solve. But going in trying to solve somebody's problem because you can't be bothered because it's your eighth Zoom call that day mm. and because simply you're sick and tired, it's going to show. It's interesting, right? Because the things that you're talking about are not just for virtual selling. It's standard fundamental sales preparation um, that we talk about. The, the fact that it'll happen at the end of the day, even if you're on the road back in the day when we, when we were on the road, those last you know, appointments would always be a bit more difficult because we had been on the road all day or you'd been on a flight, you take that flight early, you get there, you get to you know, another state, <laughs> which uh, f for many have not done it for a while. Um, you know, when you do rock up to that appointment and you're kind of a little bit fatigued and you're not, you're not delivering the best version of yourself and therefore your prospects are not getting the best experience. So it's really interesting that you talk about that. And it's interesting that you talk about intonation because, you know, for me, I started my career on the phone and I think yeah, I was fortunate I when I started because all that stuff that we talk about, which I think is missing a lot of sales, new sales professionals today, unfortunately missed that opportunity to learn about pace, speed, you know, the tone, the pitch, uh, waiting when speaking, uh, holding mm -hmm. back, you know, yeah. um, taking them on a bit of a, a tone journey, you know, as you're asking more of a, more of an in-depth personal discovery question, you slow the pit, you know, you slow the tone, lower your pitch. And then as you start taking them on a journey, you've got to build that excitement. Um, so it's really interesting that you share that because I think some of these techniques that you're talking about are not just for virtual selling, it's fundamentally to sell in every aspect of what we do. Totally, totally. Uh, dude, I agree. And I think, you know, for those listening right now who are sales leaders and thinking about exercises to actually get their team to start thinking about the way that they're presenting, one of the things I used to do with my sales team was we would do something, and this is gonna sound like Jordan Belford, sell me this pen, but just stay with me for a sec. So I would pick an item in the room, okay? We would all bring an item and it would be the, the ruler, the laptop, the phone, whatever it could be. And then somebody would come up and they would have 30 seconds to think of a random story about a random item 
chosen and they'd have to share a story. And then at the end, people would all have so much fun because it's awkward, it's <laughs> it's funny. But also what you start learning over time is how to share more compelling stories and how to use volume. Because if I'm speaking right fast right now, if I speak like this the whole time, but then I slow it down for you. Yeah. That's the pattern interruption. Mm. And if I can use a rise and the fall of my voice to really tell an inspirational story, that's again, interesting. And it makes a story compelling. Because as I said at the beginning, it's not just about what you say, man. It's about how you say it. So yeah. I think you're spot on, spot on. And it's cool you teach that stuff because I think that is what's missing in a lot of the sales world that we live in today. Yeah, I, I just I just find it really, it, it is a... I think fundamentally, you know, in the sales professional, the sales profession, um, for many people have said it's changed, you know, it's changed, sales has changed. I think fundamentally, the premise of sales hasn't changed. Um, there needs to be an exchange of value between two people. There needs to be a level, there needs to be a relationship and a level of trust. And yeah. then if there's a problem and you can help them solve the problem and there's value in the equation, then a transaction will take place, right? I just think the way in which we engage with our prospects and our customers has changed. Um, you know, the platforms that we now need to use, the technology, um, the, you know, our ability to learn more about our prospects before we even meet them. I think yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's an amazing, um, yeah, yeah. We're, we're actually, I think we're spoilt, right? We're spoilt to some extent that the things that made us or the things that made me so good when I first started in this industry or this profession was I had to be curious and I had to, I didn't have all this information at a, at a click of a button. I couldn't just jump onto LinkedIn and see mm. Ravi's whole career, what content he shares, what he likes. I didn't have that opportunity. I had to go and do that manual research you know, network. I mean, wow. I mean, if I could go back to the days of networking now, Ravi, but I would love to because I think we're all we're all kind of sickest being behind a screen. But okay. I think some of those fundamentals that we developed early in our careers is what's missing in the sales profession today. So if you're listening to this podcast, you've been sitting on Zoom for the past year. And it doesn't look like it's going to get any, any better, right? In the next sort of three or four months, things aren't going to fundamentally change. What are some actions that people can take to create a better experience for their prospects when engaging with them on Zoom or, or, or virtual platform? Here's the thing, dude. You mentioned something really interesting I just want to pick up on. It's that concept of infobesity. I heard this term a little while ago, and we have become very, very infobese to the point where there is an overwhelming amount of information out there, and we're not taking action on anything. Where To the point where I know this, people will get lazy, and because they have got LinkedIn at the click of a button, they won't take the time to look at their job history. Mm. They won't take the time to look at their about us section and the one line which talks about their one value, which is family. They don't look at the fact that actually they've been commenting a lot on the uh, on public speaking and their challenges with public speaking. And there's so many ways to build connections with people, but we're missing it because we have got pretty lazy, man, because everything is out there. So I think that's fascinating. But a few tips. Here's my take on it. Even though in the next few months, you know, we all hope things get better, but virtual presenting and selling is here to stay. Yeah. Yes, 
we may see a reduction in the percentage of EUs potentially because there will definitely be people wanting to do more face-to-face. But let's not forget that people now understand the benefits of Zoom. You know, you can cut time. You can have a Zoom, you know, wearing your boxer shorts and shirt on top <laughs> or whatever, right? People get the, people get the, I suppose, artificial benefits. But I think three things to really think about is one word you mentioned. It's an experience. Mm. It's an experience. The moment you think about a Zoom call like an experience, you are different to everybody else who's in a dark room talking with zero conviction, just Mm. can't wait to get through to the Zoom call and on the next call because that is like every other person. So funny enough, the, the playbook for virtual selling and virtual presenting is being rewritten right now. So the people who can actually do this better have a 50,000% better probability of building a true connection with their prospect, the audience member, whoever it might be. So I'll give you three quick tips here. Number one would be, I actually teach something called the stack, the energy method inside of my bootcamp. And what the students learn is when selling, whether it's in a webinar, whether it's delivering a presentation to a group of people, Think about the comedians. Mm. Imagine Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart walks out on stage and he's like, hey, what's going on, Dallas? And they're like, Wah! And like, hey, what's going on, London? And they're like, woo! So what he's doing is he's building audience momentum. Now, what you want to do in the chat function is do exactly the same thing. And how you do that is by asking three questions, okay? The first one is a low pain threshold. That's like, hey guys, tell me the number one thing that you're sick of from working from home right now. Oh, my dog keeps running in the room. Oh, blah, 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 whatever. Low threshold because people will be more likely to hold their hand up and blow up the chat. Mm. Now you're building momentum, you're stacking energy. So you move through to the second question which can be something quantifiable on a scale of one to 10. Tell me how sick you are of Zoom fatigue today. Nine, eight. Okay, if it's high, you know you've got to bring the energy, right? So you're collecting data. Then you move through to the final question. This is high pain threshold. Tell me how many of you, or you could say actually, what is the number one problem you're having right now when it comes to whatever it could be. So somebody admitting their problems in the chat may be difficult, but the chat has energy. So stack the energy method. That's one thing I would do. The second thing would be is you have to remember to tell stories. You you need to really get used to the fact that instead of saying to somebody, okay, I'm going to handle your objection now and waiting for them. You know this better than anybody. Mm. One great way to do it is by telling a story which manages unspoken objections yeah. before they arise. Neutralizes now you want to get yep. used to telling these stories mm. way earlier and way quicker for engagement because people love stories but they hate being sold to. Number three would be, the final thing would be, ensure that you can speak in a concise an articulate way because more so than ever in person rambling on is a problem online by the way waffling on even worse so to really develop an executive presence and actually speak to the c-suite you need to be even punchier and everything you say needs to have a core and key message or takeaway it's funny you say that right because and there's so many great tips i've just taken a lot of notes so for the listeners for my listeners if you're not taking notes you've got to go back 
And because that's gold, I think it's a couple of things, creating that experience. And I keep talking about it. My listeners will, will, will you know, they, they, they're probably sick to death of me tell, talking about this, but I'm a big believer that great selling is about unlocking incredible buying experiences, right? Because at the end of the day, our products, our services, we've got competition. And a lot of the time, the product and service are quite unique. I mean, are quite similar, right? It's like a sea of sameness as, as, as my friend Larry Levine talks about. But ultimately what differentiates us from our competitors is the experience they have with us. They buy the salesperson first, right? Or the sales professional first. But um, what I think is gold in what you've spoken about, it's about how do you create energy and flip that energy and get them engaged in the conversation, get them engaged in the chat, use the functions that are available on the platform that you're using, whether it's Zoom, whether it's Teams, we're WebEx, man, I've used that many bloody platforms this last 12 months. Yeah. yeah. Ultimately, yeah. they're all quite similar. It's about creating a, an experience. And I think you're right. The other element, I have absolutely noticed that the C-suite, because I talk a lot to CEOs, you know, chief sales officers yeah, um, yeah. from both mid-market, small, medium, right up to enterprise, is they are shorter. Those meetings, even if we've got 45 minutes, it, there's no fluff. A little bit of rapport at the start, but just bang. And I think that's something to also be aware if you're selling yep. to the C-suite at the moment is, mm-hmm. you know what? They are, they are busy and they're getting more meetings now in their calendar because they are working remotely. They've got more time available. Well, maybe not more time, but they're able to, you know, jam more into their calendar because there's less sort of wastage from a, a walking to meetings or driving to meetings, et cetera. And they are, you know, they don't want to spend all this time on Zoom meetings, right? And I've, I've, I've noticed that. I've noticed like I had one yesterday with a managing director yeah. of a large CRM business in the APAC okay. region and we had 45 minute schedule. Um, now we were done by 20 and my objective was met, his objective was met. It was fantastic. Um, yeah. And we just finished up. It wasn't because there was no... You know, there was no momentum. It was purely we, we both achieved what we needed to achieve and we we're gone. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm finding that's quite common. So I think the fact that you're talking about, you know, don't waffle, um, don't take time that's not required, I think is absolutely key. So I really appreciate you sharing that with us. No worries, man. And I, I think the truth of the matter is, is that in today's world, everything gets magnified. So if you are poor at setting the, the meeting agenda, it's even worse mm. over Zoom because people are more agitated than ever. If you're yeah. bad at modulation of your tone, if you're bad at capturing people's attention, it's going to be even worse over Zoom. So what's weirdly happening, in my opinion, is things are not always worse. They're just being magnified yeah. when it comes to people's presenting skills and sales skills. It's just getting magnified, which really separates people, which allows the best to really shine. Yeah, awesome. And this is awesome content, mate. Really awesome. I've, I've actually enjoyed this. I've got a lot of notes. And I want to ask you a question. If you had to go back and do it all again, yeah. what's one strategy you would do again that you would reuse? Uh, when it comes to speaking and presenting? Yes. Um, if I could go back in time to when? When we talk about kids? When we talk about- <laughs> if you could go back- to the start of your journey in sale, at selling and presenting and presenting to groups, yeah. what's yeah. one thing you would tell you have to do to be successful? I would say 
that you need to remove the corporate mask. And I'll tell you why. Here's a classic exercise and tangible tip. When you speak to the lens of your webcam, picture it being the eyes of a friend, somebody you can talk to without zero judgment. And I'm going to do an exercise right now. I'm thinking about my friend, Chris, right? And as I'm thinking of my friend, Chris, I'm smiling. How different does my voice sound when I'm smiling? You can hear me smile. Yeah, yeah. If you shut your eyes, you can hear me smile. And now I'm speaking in a more conversational tone. And guess what? I'm building connection versus welcome to the Sales IQ <laughs> podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing with, it's like, whoa, man, what is that? It's like the presenter voice. Yeah. It doesn't connect with people. It used to work in the 70s or I don't know actually why it ever worked, but it used to work for some reason. But more so than ever, you need to connect with people, remove the corporate mask. And one way to do that is speak to the lens as if it were your friend and sprinkle in conversational language. For example, let's say if you want to talk about shareholder value, now that's corporate jargon. What you're actually trying to say is the people who've invested in us, we want to make sure that they really actually get a return on what they paid for, their investment or whatever it could be. So it's really important to ensure that you be professional, but also showcase who you are. And I think over time, what I've realized is the people that truly win are the people not who are perfect. Even like early on in my sales career, the people that would do so well the, with the magnetic ones, yeah. they were them. They were unapologetically mm. them. And everything would just come their way. But it, it wasn't by accident. It was because they were focusing on managing their energy and showing up as them versus trying to be a rip-off version of their mentor or who they thought their prospect wanted them to be. So I would say that, man, speaking with confidence to the lens in today's world as if it were your friend and ensure it's a conversational tone to develop true connection. Absolute gold. You know what? That's incredible advice. I think that's advice for anyone. Again, this is not just selling in the virtual world. This is just building human to human relationships. And I love that. It's, you know, create, I I just absolutely love it. You know, talk to the lens, think about your talking. I'm I'm getting excited. You could probably see Mike for for those that can't, can't see us. I'm actually getting visually uh, happy because I'm thinking about something um, in my mind, that makes me happy yeah. and uh, it's yeah. changing the way that I'm engaging. So I think that's fantastic. Exactly. Yeah, you absolutely see, I can, fantastic. I can hear you smiling. I can, I can actually hear yeah. you smiling. And I can't, I, I, I'd love to see more data on this concept of salespeople <laughs> with the, everyone says ABC, always be closing. I'm yeah. like, ABS, man, always be smiling. That's what I teach. <laughs> I'm like, you got to be smiling, man. Yeah, you absolutely, man. Well, you know, again, I think energy is contagious. Um, and I think there's so much there's, there's so much opportunity that we have without looking at all the technology and without trying to, you know, completely change the way in which we sell. We just got to go back to basics. We get the basics right, get the fundamentals right, and ultimately we can create better buying experiences. So, Revy, I've really enjoyed uh, connecting with you today on the Sales IQ podcast. Before we go, where can our listeners engage with you and find out more about you? Totally do. Look, I appreciate you having me on. And I think the number one place, not even I think, I know the number one place where I spend the bulk of my time right now is LinkedIn. Yeah. So at Ravi Rajani, shoot me a DM, say hello, and I'd love to see if I could support you in any way. Awesome, brother. Well, thanks for the contribution you make to our industry. You're making us better. You've made me better and you're helping um, our community be the best sales professionals they can be. So thanks again, mate. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Catch you soon, dude. <laughs>